Hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers, and we are back. It's the podcast that other podcasts listen to to decide what they are going to talk about. That's amazing. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who currently seems to be quite tired, but she could wake up at any minute and give her opinion on what's going on. Today, we're going to have some trucking news, especially about Schneider. We're going to talk about a new court case that just came down with an independent contractor Uh, who was suing Schneider and what they said about that. We'll have some automotive news from General Motors, (laughs) who has an interesting idea for everyone and what they said about it, and yet another reason why we are not on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Well, let me tell you, there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot, moronic, dumb people on this planet, and we have to waste our money with them, supporting them or doing other things or they're just basically wasting our time and we can't do the research that we need to do or have the money that we need to go live on mars i heard it's nice there i did as a service to everyone i did look the weather up on mars today you do know that nasa transmits the weather back to earth on a daily basis from some of the rovers that are out there and today the high is negative 12 fahrenheit and the low tonight is going to be negative 100 21 degrees Fahrenheit with clear skies. So that's not too bad of a night. Go out, watch the stars, maybe take a stroll, may need a light jacket, something like that. All right, so that's the story on Mars. So let's get to the big Schneider news today. An appellate court has made a decision that an independent contractor at Schneider is actually an employee because of the way that they are treated by Schneider. Now, if you're an independent contractor at another company, Generally, this applies to people that lease the truck from the carrier. Okay, so that's usually where they get into this problem. That's how a lot of people get into thinking that they're an owner-operator when they're just an employee, like I've always suggested. Even though I'm not a lawyer, well, it turns out a bunch of lawyers agree with me, which is good news for them because that way they'll be right. So this person filed suit against Schneider. He'd been a driver there for a while, and he says, look... uh, I'm really an employee here that they've misclassified me. I leased the truck, but I'm just an employee like everybody else here. And uh, what the uh, appellate court says is, hey, no way, right? (laughs) This guy is basically an employee of Schneider. So this court is using the economic realities test to determine whether or not you're an employee. You know, who's paying you, that kind of stuff. So let's go through it here. So he leased a, what they call a relatively new Freightliner. I don't know what that means. I guess just a couple of years old. Okay, from Schneider, with which they have a leasing company. It's not called Schneider. It's called whatever, Orange Leasing. I don't know what it is. And then, of course, he leases it back to the carrier. And now get this, everybody. He got 65% of the load. Nice. (laughs) So already you shouldn't work there just because it's low, in my opinion. That's too low. You need to get a higher percentage than that. But nonetheless, he did. And he says, look, uh, they had all con- control over my work. The operating agreement even gives them control over his work. Now, it does say that he can haul loads for other carriers and hire drivers. But he has to, the court says, and he says in the agreement, that Schneider retains the sole discretion to deny him permission to haul loads for other carriers. Now, look, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm going to tell you this, right, from uh, what stuff I've read that's not allowed. You have to be independent. If they decide, then you're not independent. You see what you see what I'm saying? If the carrier or your employer or whatever is the one that decides what you do, then you are not independent. You work for them. 
You have to ask them. An independent person doesn't have to ask their carrier what they can do with their truck. Okay. So he says, look, he also says that he had many loads from Schneider that were undesirable, but he basically has to take them because that's all they're giving him. One week, which the court agrees with this, he drove uh, 3,000 miles and his paycheck after expenses was still zero. What do you think about that? So uh, they also controlled the manner of uh, the employee without respecting his rights under state laws. They also He also says, look, that he didn't even get minimum wage a lot of the time. You know, so no problem. But the court rules that uh, on him, for the driver, on almost every aspect of his suit. He says, look, they didn't pay a minimum wage under the Fair Labor Standards Act, which is unconscionable. Right? And the court says, yeah, you're right. <laughs> a lot of times, you didn't even get minimum wage. So it isn't like, because people always write to me, Mark, that's not actually true. People get that. No. Okay, he brought all the evidence to court, and the court's like, yeah. We agree with you that you didn't get minimum wage. The court says, as to the charge that there were weeks when he didn't even make minimum wage, the court says, the the person satisfies this point easily. Okay? And he claims he had no control over his job. And that weighs in favor of him over Schneider. That's what they said. They said that he is actually should be considered an employee. Okay, so there you go. So he, they said that he had no realistic op option other than to take shipments that Schneider offered, even if they were unprofitable. This factor also weighs in considering to have been an employee of Schneider. That's the thing of it. You know, if you're a forced dispatch, you are not independent. If they give you basically, I think, one load, they go, here's a load. And, uh, okay, you don't want to take it. You go, I'm not taking it. And they go, well, that's it. That's all you're getting. You're basically still an employee. You're hardly any different other than you don't have to take it. You can just sit there and there's nothing they can do about it. They know you'll just time yourself out by not making money. The 40-page decision has numerous recaps of his charges, and in almost all of them, it concludes the evidence in favor of finding him as an employee, not an independent contractor. Based on the facts alleged, the court says the uh, driver had little control over his conduct and his work and was totally dependent on Schneider to turn a profit. And what the court says is that it sees as the facts in this case means that he must be considered an employee as a matter of economic reality. What do you think about that? So that's the thing about this kind of stuff. I get these kind of things all the time from people. Well, Mark, I lease the truck from the carrier, so I'm independent. I'm an owner-operator. No, not really. And even, you know, anybody that just takes a, just the most slightest glance at how these court cases go and how your contracts go, you're just an employee that's paying for the truck <laughs> and don't have any benefits. So I don't know what the good part of that is, leasing the truck from the carrier for these low-percentage leases to try to get yourself to be an independent contractor, to be, I'm an owner-operator. No. And in fact, this guy made way less than company drivers in the same cases. So what turns out, they just offload all their expenses onto 
independent contractors, as they call them, that people that want to own a truck, they just let them pay all the expenses and Schneider reaps all the profit for it. That is borne out by this case and in many other cases. And it's interesting that this guy is ruled an employee. This is going to change the way leases work. And this should and it should. Okay, to be independent, this has always been the case. You have to be able to haul freight for whoever you want, whenever you want to. You cannot be beholden to one place through a contract where they say you can't go anywhere else. You're not independent. The test to be independent, you have to be able to work for whoever you want, whenever you want to. So you say, I'll work for you for two days. I'm going to go haul another load for somebody else, and I'll be back Monday. That's an independent contractor. Not a, Do you mind if I go haul a load? They don't get a say in if you haul a load for somebody else. If you have to go to the carrier, you are an employee. Okay, It's just as simple as that. And here we see an appellate court ruling this way. Now, Schneider, from their side of it, had no comment. They have a lot of lawyers and stuff, so this is probably not the end of this. But it is the beginning of the end of this kind of deal. These were always bad deals when they came out. When some first carrier, somebody decided, hey, you know what? Uh, we can just have drivers offload and pay all the expenses and still be employees. But they will just call them independent. And they're like, no way, Johnson. That's not going to work. I mean, who's going to go? Who's going to fall for that? And they go, look, have you seen truck drivers in no shirt and a flip-flops walking around the truck stop? They're willing to do it. And it turns out a lot of them are willing to do it. <laughs> now, are there some, some deals that might be good deals? Maybe. But one of the things they have to include is that you are truly independent. You have to be able to work wherever you want, for whomever you want, for whatever period you want. That's the other thing about being independent. It is a transitory thing. A long-term contract with one place where you are locked into it. You're locked into it and can't go anywhere else turns you into an employee that pays for the truck. Congratulations. You've taken all the expenses of, that the business should pay and just said, you know what, all those darn pesky bills you have, I'll pay them. And I'll give up all of my benefits to pay all your bills. That's how this stuff works. And this is the courts are finally deciding this as they finally should have. Do you remember that case in New Hampshire a couple of years, a few years ago now, where that pickup truck driver upon that large trailer killed those motorcyclists? Well, or he was in an accident in which the motorcyclist died, I guess would be a better way to say it now. He was acquitted on all charges and quickly by the jury. It was a two-week trial. The jury came back almost instantly with an acquittal. Now, don't get all upset. Oh, he ought to go to die in jail. Well, you didn't hear the case. All right. And so that's a whole thing. Apparently, from what they said at the scene, right, which went unnoticed by most people and here at the case, eyewitnesses saw the motorcyclists <laughs> all over the road and is alleged in the trial that some of them were also drinking and had a blood alcohol higher than should be. And so because of this, he's acquitted. So of all charges, and that means that's the end of this. Okay, that ends this. 
trial. He gets no criminal conviction. They get an that he gets acquitted. That's the end of it. And really, he remains innocent because, as we say in America, you are innocent until proven guilty. He has not been proven guilty. Therefore, he didn't do it. Okay, always remember that. You're much better off having even a guilty person go free than you are to have an innocent person go to jail. And the bar is always set high for those prosecuting people. To take someone's rights away, it should be very difficult to do that. And unless you prove your case up and to the exclusion of all other evidence, right, well beyond a reasonable doubt, he walks. And that's what happened here. There were contradicting statements, which, you know, from eyewitnesses, and I never rely that much on eyewitnesses they don't know what they're seeing this has been proven time and time again they've done tons of studies about this where they show people the same thing they'll have four people stand and watch the same 10 seconds and then immediately separate them and interview them and they get four different stories of what exactly just transpired one minute ago right in front of the four of them where they saw the exact same thing and then when the people are shown the video they go oh yeah i didn't realize that or whatever so eyewitness testimony is never great but this goes to show that you should not be drinking and driving. And now in him, he should not be on drugs and driving. You should not do any of these things and drive. I have said many times, and I'll maintain that, that the DUI level should be zero. zero point, if you're po more than point zero, you get arrested. Same for any other drug that impairs your ability to drive, period. Okay, it's either zero or you're arrested. That's all there can be to it. There's no excuse for it. Don't write to me, well, Mark, I want to have a couple beers. Then take a cab home, whatever you want to do. I don't want to hear about driving. If you're impaired in any way, if you're too tired to drive, pull over, all that. There's way too much of this that goes on. Now, these people are still dead. No matter that he gets acquitted, it doesn't solve anything. You know, that is no solution really to anything other than to his court case, I suppose. So we'll see what else happens with this. That company, I think, went bankrupt. That uh, you know, hotshot company or whatever it was. I believe they went bankrupt after this. Regardless, that case, uh, criminal charges at least against him, are done. So we see these too often. Here we go again in Ohio. Here's a truck driver. Now the road he's on apparently is closed. There is a marked detour. Okay, that he says, hey, I think my GPS can get around this. So the GPS, which he is for a car that he's using, routes him around to a covered bridge. Would you drive over a covered bridge? Okay, that's the thing. Just immediately you're like, okay, I can't go down this road. Regardless, he's like, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about that sign that's in front of the covered bridge that says five tons for five axles. Okay, a lot of cars can go over this. 1.2 tons on two axles. That's what's on there, all right? So many cars couldn't even get over it. Regardless of that, he goes through it. He starts clipping off the overhead structures and gets stuck in the thing. It doesn't collapse because he didn't get his whole truck in there. It's going to be closed now for a year for all the repairs. Idiot. What an idiot. What are we doing? If there's a five-ton sign, you don't get to go over the bridge. And plus, it doesn't look like it's very tall. I don't actually think that it's marked on the height because they don't expect trucks to go through it, I suppose. Be a professional. Do not just blindly follow your GPS no matter what it says. And if you don't have a truck-specific one and you're going to follow it, get one. And I still wouldn't trust them 100%. The technology is not there yet, I don't think. Use 
your eyes and look at things. But uh, so here we go with this. And what does this do? People are like, oh, another idiot truck driver. It makes everybody look bad. Not that this driver probably cares, you know, if he's wearing Crocs or, you know, whatever else he's wearing. But uh, please, five tons is five tons. And don't go over any covered bridges. So General Motors on its Buick, GMC, and Cadillacs first, and then the rest of the line, uh, Saturn, Oldsmobile, Pontiac will follow soon, is going to have as an option, and I'm in air quotes, option, three years of connected OnStar services for $1,500, except you have to pay it. So, I don't know why they don't just raise the price. I guess this way there's not, oh, we have an option. The car's got this option. And they say, well, look, people love OnStar uh, for all of its connect. You can then open the doors from your phone. You can locate the car. You can send a map to the car. All the stuff that Ford does free, at least for now. Okay, the Ford app, which does all these things for the Escape, is free. I can open the doors, unlock it, start it. I can schedule a start. Oh, start at 5 o'clock every day. Send a map to the car, see how much gas is in it, all that stuff. It's no cost. It calls 911 if you're in an accident. All this is part of the OnStar plan at General Motors. Now, my Sonic has OnStar. Ironically, at December of this year, I won't be able to be used at all again when they've sent a message because it's got the older technology because the car is older. When I got the car, it came with five years of free basic service which opened the doors on the car, a couple other things. You could do remote start it and locate it and stuff on an app, and after that you had to pay. Well, I'm not paying, so it is turned off. So you can't contact somebody. You can't use it. They're like, which is funny, they sent a message. You're not going to be able to use your OnStar as a phone or anymore. I'm like, oh, well, wow, I'll just have to use the cell phone that I carry with me. And minutes were like, you could buy them in packages of like 200 minutes for $10, 20 cents a minute. Ridiculous. Okay, just kind of ridiculous. But the stuff that's in other cars, but what they've said, here's the other thing that GM said in the story, that they did a big study and people, is this you? People are willing to pay up to $138 a month over their car payment for subscriptions for their car. What do you think about that? This is on the BMW, heels of the BMW program. That's where they're charging you $2 a month for your heated steering wheel and $8 a month for the heated seats and all this, which you can turn on and off where you subscribe to these different car features. It's already in the car, okay, like on BMW. It already has heated seats. Okay, they have to already be in there or you wouldn't be able to turn them on and off. So you have to pay them, though, and then they send the computer message to let the seat work. And believe me, people will hack through this. But are you willing to pay $138 a month for services? I pay $5 a month for uh, XM for the Escape. Okay, $5. (laughs) And uh, so that's it. Would I pay for heated seats in that? No way. I think that's ridiculous. They're already in the car. Give the price and be done with it. But they're going to be charging this fifteen hundred. They'll be on all cars, all of their cars soon, but uh, not on, not on all of them to begin with. High end cars first. It's the thing is that bothers me is that they're putting it down as an option, except you can't get one without it. That's what GM said. They will all have it. It's not really an option if they all have it. 
it's standard on the car. But this way, they don't have to raise the base price of the car. So uh, whatever, your Saturn Ion is 21000 and they don't have to go to twenty two five. They go the base price twenty one thousand, and then also here's these nice options. But you're if you went to deal and go, you know what? Order me one without this. They can't because it comes with that for all the cars. It's kind of um, I don't know, no good like um, shady. <laughs> it might be called shady in the way it's practiced. I was curious though when I saw that. How many people would pay $138 a month for subscriptions for the car? By the way, what costs $138 a month that you're subscribing to to the car? Even BMW was only at 40 some bucks for all the different things. I guess eventually they'll raise the price. Look, if you're in North Dakota, and <laughs> I know we have some North Dakota listeners, I'll tell you what, you might be willing to pay $30 a month for those seats. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's pretty cold. So, in remote start. Is that a good deal where you can start it from your phone? So you can still start from the key, although maybe they won't have it on the key. I didn't think about that. Maybe they'll make you use the phone to remote start. You don't get, you don't, that's it. You won't get the remote start unless you subscribe to it. So the phone and the key will be disabled on the car. Toyota came out with that first for a while. So maybe they'll disable it on both of them and you won't get to do that unless you pay. It's not enough. Now, the average used, the average uh, new car is closing on $50,000 right now, believe it or not, in the United States. And so many people are at $1,000 a month or more on their car payment. And then and then they're going to hose you for another 100 bucks a month for subscriptions to your car that's $50,000. Don't you think that car maybe should already have heated seats? Especially on the BMW program, it actually saves them money to have the same seat for all cars. Not that some have heated and some don't have heated. That's why they're doing it. They just they can order one, you know, seat bottom or whatever for all the different cars, and that saves them money. And each car would have it, and then to charge people, you know, whatever BMW price is plus the monthly amount to turn on a feature like heated seats that's already in the car. I mean, come on. Do they have a right to do it? Mark, you said they can do whatever they want. Sure, they can. That doesn't mean I can't think it's dumb and not buy their car. That could be a thing where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to buy your car. That could be a thing that we do. That's the only way any of this ends, of course. They only do it because people are willing to do it. Now, would I pay $138 a month for to turn the heated seats and who knows what all other subscriptions they have no absolutely not because the gm was like well you know this all includes roadside assistance a lot of people have that through your car insurance if you get a new car uh you know you already get roadside assistance for at least for ford it's five years sixty thousand from ford you just call the phone number this way well you can just press the button and get it well uh, okay you can press a button on your phone and get it just by calling Many people have it, you know, other ways they can call their cousins, friends, uncle, Billy, Joe, Bob, who's got a pickup truck and he'll come out and help you. There's lots of way to do it. Paying that much money a month. I mean, that's just really something you can almost get a car, uh, a used car, you know, in the $200 range. So I can't imagine the subscriptions that you would have. Everything's subscription. You want hazard lights. That's $2. 
you know, you want remote starts a buck. You want and each of these will be separate. Probably heated seats are four. Heated steering wheels two. Uh, you want satellite. That's another five. You want extended range sound. Those back speakers turned on. I could see that happening. Where the cars, some cars have 20, 30 speakers, and they're like only four of them work. How many speakers? Each speaker is $2 a month per speaker, extra speaker. You want extended range. That's extra. 50 more horsepower is so much money. All these kind of things could actually add up. So I could see it happening where it gets to that amount. But it's going to be a ridiculous amount of things that you're going to have to subscribe to. I subscribe to the idea that it's dumb. And I'm not going to be paying anybody for heated seats. So that's where I am on that kind of stuff. Would you pay $138 a month for extras beyond your car payment for anything extra for the car? Next, we're going to head to Philadelphia. Where yet again we find out why we don't live on Mars. Now, I will say this is somewhat of a sensitive subject, I guess I should say. So if there are any kids listening, we are going to talk about dairy products. So you may want to tune out for the rest of the show so <laughs> and once i read this i'm like how can i not talk about this i mean can can you not talk about this all right so <laughs> we have a guy i can't take it all right i'm sorry gracie i just can't stand it so we <laughs> we have a guy 42 uh, married but probably with a 12 year old daughter but still probably living in a cinder block basement apartment which, uh, you know, it's kind of sad that he's married with a 12-year-old daughter and this. And he has pled guilty to various charges after flashing women while holding Swiss cheese. <laughs> okay. Doesn't say if it's blocks or slices. But I think we're going to find out lady, late lady. It's funny. That it's blocks. He has been dubbed the Swiss cheese pervert. And he would approach women while he's driving, and uh, he would have his uh, his parts exposed while holding cheese, Swiss cheese. <laughs> okay, I can't take it. I just can't take it. And uh, <laughs> I don't understand, personally. All right, so let's see. He's charged with stalking, indecent exposure, harassment, and lewdness with the, with the dairy product for crimes against women. Several of the uh, women were able to record video or take pictures of him as he approached them while brandishing the cheese. <laughs> Look. That's... <laughs> okay. I can't. Look. He, according to the newspaper, he would drive up to his victims, expose himself to them, and and ask them if they would like to be paid to engage in lewd acts with him <laughs> involving the Swiss cheese. <laughs> uh, what did the Swiss cheese do to you to have to do this? Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> he gets uh, probation... Sex offender counseling. <laughs> he has to apologize to the Wisconsin Dairy Association. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't stand it. He can't use his car except to drive for work, church, or medical appointments, or to go get lactate. And uh, it says he's married with the uh, with the twelve year old girl. And there's a picture of him with <laughs> with the cheese. 
Oh, oh I can't take it. He was arrested first when he allegedly removed a large block of cheese from his pocket. Is that a piece of cheese in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? And asked the woman if it would be all right if he gave her $20 to use the cheese on him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's been arrested a number of times for this kind of thing. The police uh, were unable to confirm that Cheese was involved in that incident, although they did uh, work the case and say that they thought it was. The uh, Cheese isn't talking. The bizarre case shocked many residents in the area. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. And This woman who was 19 and set up a profile and dating site on OkCupid. All right, never do this. All right, you know who you're getting solicited by? Weirdos. And if you're a dude, you know who you're getting solicited by? Other dudes. Okay, so that's what I think about dating sites. Don't just go meet somebody in person. And uh, she said that she, within a few days, she had a really specific uh, request from a really strange guy. She said he was looking for someone to perform acts on him with cheese. He kept saying how strong his urges were and how desperate he was to find someone to help them with him. Oh my gosh, Really? I mean, really. They explain. He explained that it. He says it is difficult to find women that understand his uh, needs. I'm sure. That's uh, that's probably a tough one. <laughs> so, I don't know how many women would do that. You know, I found that women tend to like dairy products. He says. <laughs> that's a quote. And settled on cheese. <laughs> I guess other dairy products. I just don't do it. That yogurt ain't making it. Oh my God! He says uh, he, in one in another message on one of these dating sites that uh, I really like the way Swiss cheese Swiss cheese feels against me. You know, you don't want that sharp cheddar, right? You gotta it's gotta be mild, something like that. It could be a slice of Swiss cheese, he says, wrapped around me, or a chunk of Swiss cheese that I'm using. And uh, you can get the picture of that in your mind on how that might work. I just don't... Uh, <laughs> I like to hang out with women uh, as I wear the cheese. <laughs> That's a quote. Okay, that is a quote. Now, ladies, uh, he may be getting divorced, so this guy might be available. He says, uh, I prefer having relations with cheese over traditional uh, ways to have relations. Yes, <laughs> apparently. What and the cheese? He's holding up a rather large slice of cheese in one of these pictures that has numerous holes in it. Now look, I ain't saying nothing about myself, but you know the holes in a piece of slice of cheese there don't seem like they're that big. Uh, he's okay. Oh, this is even better. He went on. This is the perpetrator who has been convicted, so we can call him that. I've tried many different kinds of cheese like American provolone, cheese whiz, <laughs> cheese whiz, <laughs> cheese whiz, oh, chet and cheddar, but settled on Swiss, oh my gosh, cheese whiz, how does that work, isn't that, <laughs> you need a knife to spread that around, oh, cheese, 
he described in a letter about uh, what he was doing for with cheese. This started as a young person. I don't know how that works. Uh, I was always able to wrap and wear a good one and a half pounds of cheese against myself and wear it for hours at a time. Okay. Uh, if he insists he doesn't like Swiss cheese. He doesn't actually eat the cheese. Only mozzarella. And he, oh, by the way, and he's like offended. Uh, I would never consume cheese that I've used in myself. Oh, well, heaven forbid. I'm, oh, he's like, looks at people like, well, what are you suggesting? I can't, can't be. He says, the one cheese I've never used is mozzarella because it's the kind that I like. So uh, there you go. I'm always asked the question if I eat the cheese after I use it, but it is discarded. I can't believe people ask me this question. Now, look, people, other than, uh, you know, approaching people with it, I guess you can do whatever you want with a piece of cheese after you buy it <laughs> because um, it's your cheese. But uh, I don't know what the cheese did to you. And I guess happy cows make uh, happy cheese. Isn't that what they say as well? Oh, my God. I just can't take it. So, do you think this person is going to go to Mars and use Mars cheese on himself is my question to you. The cheese did nothing to him. So, he is, uh, you know, we're going to have to support him through all these programs and everything. And look, uh, there's really, <laughs> this person is taking away all this time that we could be used to research going to Mars. And now we have to research how to keep cheese out of the hands of weirdos. Okay, so, uh, please. Please, let's, let's end the assault on cheese and unholy cheese. So uh, that's the story for today. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't take any more of it. I'm not going to look at Cheese Whiz again this, <laughs> ever the same way. I'm like, do you use the jar? Or I just can't. I just can't get it out. It's like something you can't get out of your mind. You can't unsee that anymore. And the sound that the Cheese Whiz jar would make... <laughs> As I said on family, got like a boot stuck in mud. <laughs> on that note, we're going to take off for Gracie. I'm Mark. This is Trucking Answers. Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. And uh, we'll be back soon with another podcast.